you guys, I logged into our account and we are at 70,000 downloads. Mm. 70K. And also, in the last 17 days, we've had 1,361 downloads, which is significantly higher than we usually experience. Really? Why? I don't know. They were missing us? <laughs> Normally, it's like 800, 850, something like much I don't want to know how again. many different people that is. I want to know who has downloaded every episode so that I may kiss them. <laughs> yeah, you heard that? If you've downloaded every episode, you get a kiss from Eli. That's the that's the Patreon prize. So it's, it's reasonable. Rare, so. It's we <laughs> could, Do you think we'll get to 100,000 by the time we finish? Little well, it'll stack. We might have to do some stretch episodes to make it happen. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. In our first 25 episodes, that's when we hit 10,000 downloads. But we've definitely increased that number yeah. per 25 episodes. We can do a wrap-up episode at the end, too. We could slow down to three chapters an episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I just took a sip of my drink. It's Jesus. strong. <laughs> oh, God. Good. Very good. We're going to need it. Good. Well, uh, tell your friends, everyone. We want to hit 100,000 downloads before this is all done, said and done. If Rachel did the um, math, where where will we, when do you think we'll wrap up? As of now, if we do not reschedule, which we will, we're going to take some breaks. I'm thinking, I'm predicting um, sometime in May or maybe early June. Okay. Wow, really? Which... We could stretch it and then just end on our real three third anniversary. Yeah, because we started at what like the end of July, beginning of August. We 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 ask this yeah. question to ourselves all the time, and I can't commit the answer to memory. Again, or... our intro episode was on um, July twenty third, and our first like episode one where we actually covered chapters was August second. That's why I think hmm. it's August because I wasn't on the intro episode. Yeah, so that's that's our stretch goal. What did we even talk about on the intro? Ourselves. Who you were and how you got into the series. Or how Rachel convinced you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember so little. Did I did it require convincing? No. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. What's our what's our next project? Skilling. We gotta start, you guys. We can't be talking about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> you never halt the creative process, Rachel. <laughs> Inside the Walls. This is episode 89, Fool's Assassin, chapters 25 through 28, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. First up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. Announcement. <laughs> worm 2. The worms do more worm stuff. Is happening Thank you to everyone that went and saw Dune for me. I now get meow meow meow. Or Joey, do the song. 
Björn. That's exactly what it's so accurate, it's fucking scary. It's like a mare. Oh my god. After hearing Joey do that when we were all together, and then I got home and I watched the movie, and I was like, oh man, he's he really honed that in. <laughs> he's seen it like 12 times by this point so he's yeah. you know you hear that denny you could have hired han simmer or you could have hired me <laughs> you goofed you yeah. done goofed <laughs> uh so yeah i'm super happy uh also we went to the ren fair hung out in real life that was super fun it's great Yay. it was awesome thanks for coming Thanks for allowing us in your state. Just the once. <laughs> I think we need to do more hanging out. I don't know if that means more cons or more Ren fairs. More things Exclusively, like this. Yeah. Renaissance fairs. I mean, I always yeah. appreciate I appreciate a non-con hang just because it's less stressful and we don't have to have nearly as much luggage, but... <laughs> oh yeah, I've made, I've made one costume in a year and a half. I, I'm, I'm totally down with the non-con hangouts. Ashley, you can have your Halloween party at any time of the year. I can, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it's true. Anytime. It's true. Do it on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? If you get one of those really cool uh, redneck hot tubs that I think you should get. Even the redneck hot tubs are not, like, cheap, cheap. But I could Is that, like, there. an above, above-ground pool? Sounds inflatable. They're inflatable. They're made out of, like, that really <laughs> thick kind of material, though, that's... So they just have like a little gas tank and I've seen also people just use like paddock watering tanks. They just fill them and they make them fancy. They put like a filter in them. Yeah, they can get a little if they don't have like proper insulation, they can be like kind of costly to heat up and get warm and everything. But you can really like fuck up a power bill with those. But that's when you just use global warming to your advantage. But it's not always hot here and it's just bubbly lukewarm water We're trying to have a lukewarm hot tub it's in the name <laughs> hot tub warm tub i am taking tub. donations though if anybody would like to contribute to my hot tub fund i do have a broken How hot at? tub i can't may oh, or Eli, may not be that expensive been, you know how your to fix broke I would have had that hot tub fixed before I fixed my fucking heater. I'm not, I am not even kidding. If that thing was already on my pro- property, I, that shit would have been fixed first thing. I've got so many expensive hobbies. Hot tubs just... are dreams. Fuck that car. Get that hot tub popping off. You could pretend to be a dragon. You could have been recording from the hot tub this whole time. And yeah, all we would hear is. <laughs> yeah. That's Maybe my personal goal. Then. Yeah. <laughs> we could all do it. And then it'll just make music together. Uh, Alyssa, tell us about your art show. Oh my God. So I have a piece in the Light Gray Art Lab and is nigh show. It's their last and 100th exhibit in that space. And if you are in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
at any time, but until January something, it's located at 118 East. Hmm, I've had some beers tonight. It's located at 118 East 26th Street in Minneapolis. Or you can view the entire exhibition online at lightgrayartlab.com. And there are prints for sale. And this is probably the best piece I have ever made in my entire life. So I'm very proud of it. Please it, go look at it. Be. Thank it's you. beautiful. Thank you. What's the title of your piece? Lady Macbeth. I mean... We all had to make death pieces and most i we got sorted into a category and my category was characters of death and i mean your first inclination is to like pick a god or a goddess or a psychopomp and it just hit me that i needed to do lady macbeth awesome that's so cool and joey it looks like you added something else to our announcements oh yes um (laughs) so (laughs) our friend nate natal chaos um he reached out and said hey thanks for the shout out um and then he explained why why it was just so that we ran into each other there on the on the penn station uptown c train um and uh, well it was the platform but he said he said he was actually okay so this is a very important detail he actually was in a rangers jersey and he also mm. had a Rangers jersey in hand when I saw him, mm. in addition to his copy of this book that we're reading. I, you know what? Not everyone's perfect. That's okay. <laughs> well, oh yeah, Rachel's not. Rachel's Rachel grew up um, being we're, a Red Wings. We're from fan. Detroit, so Wings for life. <laughs> I don't. I don't get. I don't. I. I'll go ahead and be a Rangers fan. That's fine. I don't care. Ew. I mean the key. The key to our apartment is a Rangers key. It is. That is the. That is the key. Our That's why you have us. a hex um, upon your home. It is probably. But he did share an important uh, 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 factoid with me, which I thought was really interesting. He said that he grew up a Rangers, uh, like a big sports fan. I, I guess specifically Rangers first, and then later came to read novels, which. You know, I guess it doesn't matter how you get there, but um, I thought that was interesting. Sports Start with the books. sports. As long as you get there, though, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe one day, maybe one day we'll we'll learn more about how Natal Chaos came to to read Robin Hobb. Yes, tell us. That'll be the next update on Natal Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, moving that us name. on. <laughs> I'm moving on us on to um, mail. We have mail from Kate, um, who uh, says some random spoiler free thoughts. Hi, Bucky Radio crew. I had a couple of thoughts related to the last few episodes that I thought I would send along as reader mail. One, I find Fitz's slowness to put two and two together in this trilogy less frustrating if I just decide it's something his brain is doing in response to all of his trauma. Historically, figuring things out has gone terribly for him, much safer to stay stupid. <laughs> la la la, white prophets who? I think his denial about B and the prophets is a big part of his unreliable narration in this trilogy, sort of like his denial about wanting to be involved in the running of the crown in the last trilogy. Two. I was thinking about Fitz's letter to Nettle about Kelsingra and thinking that maybe it was written in the time just before Kelsingra was found and resettled by the Dragon Crew. I can't quite figure out when in the timeline Nettle was made skillmistress, but I think maybe that the letter could make sense if it was early in her time at Bucky. Thanks as always for making my favorite podcast. Hope you're all doing well, Kate. 
we have mail from Shiki who says, wait, there's some spoilers in here. So, hey, you all redacted. Um, <laughs> I can read the first sentence. Fool's Assassin was such a strange book for me and then redacted. <laughs> and then <laughs> glad to have you back and laugh with you again. I laughed so hard at Eli's workmanlike horror that I might have alarmed people nearby. <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't want the I didn't want the books to end and I don't want the podcast to end. At least we still have a while to go. You do, because again, we're going to hit at least 113 episodes. P.S. Rachel, I am a Dune fanatic as well. Love the new film. I would love for them to do all the books. Wow. So wow. would I. Rachel's new yeah, favorite. So would person. I. You are my new favorite person. And then finally, we have more picture mail from David titled More Desert Friends. There is a picture of a snake. Mm-hmm. A snake, snake. Uh, an, another spider in the rocks, mm. and a good puppers. What is the pupper's name? I do not oh, know. I didn't see a puppers. I only mm. saw the snake in the in the in the spidey. <laughs> There's a puppers. I'll go back. It says, happy to share some joy slash terror with you guys. Keep up the great episodes. <laughs> Everything is from just outside Las Vegas near the Red Rock National Mall. So my question, my question for everybody is, you're trapped in a room that's like the size of, I don't know, a coat closet. Maybe a little bigger. Whoa. Whatever size room. It's not huge. Would you rather be trapped in that closet with the deadly desert snake from that photo or what I'm presuming to be a deadly desert spider from that photo? It's the spider, right. hands down. Both spider. of them. The spider's not going to... The snake will fucking kill you. The spider's not venomous, definitely mash, not. The snake might not. I will mash that snake's head with my foot and pin it and he will not <gasps> It's so it. fast. No. It's so fast, though. And, I Have you know. ever seen how fast I am, Joey? <laughs> I guess not. Oh Jeez. my god! If the snake kills me, I deserved it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> also, if you ever get bitten by a poisonous snake, you have to remain calm. You need to steady your breathing. Don't be all hyperventilating and shit. Suck it pump, out. You're pumping that yeah, poison according through your to Red body Dead, way faster. You just you just suck it out. Yeah, we That's all learned all that do. from Red Dead too. You just gotta suck it out. <laughs> suck out that poison. Random strangers, go. <laughs> suck on my leg right here. Come on, inner thigh. Let's go. But oh, you didn't you get bit? Okay, whatever. Keep going. <laughs> if you help him, don't you get like a free horse or something? If you suck the poison out with your mouth, wouldn't it just like then absorb into that person's mouth? Like, I spit it. You spit, you spit it, it. Right, you but wouldn't it, it wouldn't be like when, like, no swallow, spit it, all it wouldn't absorb into like under your tongue, like when you let a pill dissolve under your tongue? Yeah, for, for, <laughs> for all the people who. <laughs> <laughs> know how to do drugs you know that that is a absorbent area i'm saying like <laughs> well i mean I, I feel like between your gums and under your tongue and everything it would still like get in there we need a snake olive but yeah, you like can taste a, cavity. a poisonous mushroom if you t- taste it like take a little nibble and keep it in the front of your mouth and you spit it out after you'll be fine are you out in the woods nibbling mushrooms? Yes. Mushroom. Like it's, like it's called mushroom edging. Happening. Maybe. It's mushroom called mushroom edging. edging. <laughs> it's a very dangerous <laughs> Don't put it. mushrooms in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well. Don't put anything in your mouth. <laughs> Let the snake kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We're, this is over. Uh, okay. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we it's only the beginning. things to say. We have, we, have to be. we have a lot to talk about. 
Fun Eli facts. I am afraid <laughs> of snakes a little bit, but not really. Like I respect them and I like snakes, but like they we they move in ways that you don't expect. And so yeah, like, I like that. So it's like <laughs> the idea of a snake, a snake behind like a glass. I I like snakes, but anytime I've encountered one in real life, like suddenly within striking distance of me, my everything just goes haywire and i i don't know why but my my impulse is to be terrified of i believe snakes. that's I'm called phobia i definitely have encountered them in real life yeah i kiss them when fine. i see them. yeah they're friendly all I, snakes i no, i once in high school <laughs> kiss the snake when you see them i live in, I live in a water the mushrooms. Mushrooms. country it is it's a uh, oh <laughs> same friendly. yeah, yeah. I w- Check out my medical advice podcast. <laughs> How to die by snake yeah. venom. I, I once Don't in high school. Don't anything I say. Medical advice by Alyssa. I was walking down the hallway in high school once, and I hit a corner, and someone carrying their like little pet snake was walking down the hallway, the other hallway, perpendicular at the corner, and we ran into each other, and there was a snake suddenly in my, like, face and it was still like the most i've reacted to anything in my life so oh, well i have lots I of snakes in my yard you. so come on over yeah nope i love some i like a mine snake. are all friendly yeah, they're just eating tree frogs they're not doing anything oh Aww. ever seen a hog nose snake i have yes cooper. you love hogs hey Ox. yes Hogs, all kinds. All, including snake hogs. I'm going to send a picture to the chat. <laughs> Wait, great episode. is this like that meme, Rachel, that you shared with me today, the TikTok? I'm a snack. I'm a snack. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's just a really old meme. Yeah. All right, can we start chapter 25? Never! I don't know why text came with that, but there's your snake. Oh. All right, now we can begin. I have nothing. I, I have don't nothing. have anything. No either. one sent me anything. You're a liar. Oh, I there it is. Know. Oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, look wow. at how cute he is. <laughs> We're on the same network. <laughs> that's a that's a cute snake. <laughs> He's smiling. You know, like <laughs> you know how like old men with de- who who take their dentures out and then they're yeah, that's old man <laughs> snake. The, the bottom of their jaw just kind of like yeah. What it looks like. All right, chapter twenty five, please, please, I beg, I beg. Chapter twenty. I've started so many sections. Twenty five. Um, chapter twenty five is called "Things to Keep" or "People to Toss" or "Shades by Blow." Um, ha ha ha. Um, Revel cleaned Fitz's room for the first time since he moved into Willie Woods because bed bugs are terrible. Meanwhile, almost all of Bee's things have been burned, and she needs Molly's knife to protect herself from assassins and people who hate her. Bee's anxious about the prospect of classroom bullies, and Fitz is yet again oblivious. Bee points out that Fitz can't chase them off because it would make the other kids hate her more, but I guess if Bee stabs one, that is a show of strength. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, Fitz has a heartfelt father daughter moment teaching B how to stab or assassinate efficiently. You can choose to, uh, to, to wide slash, disemboweling your enemy and making them look upon their entrails like this. 
uh, and I'm just sort of like, well, I guess the six duchies are sort of a dangerous place after all. Um, and this is sort of a note to Rachel. This knife training is kind of suspiciously close to Dune. Is it possible that uh, Rote is also Dune? Yes, everything, everything is, is Dune. Yeah, that's, I know that's always the answer. Um, they continue discussing the bully situation, and B explains to Fitz that girls don't have to hit to hurt. She also reveals that everyone at Willie Woods thinks that Fitz is a scary old brute who looks at everyone like a wolf about to attack them. And the purpose of allowing the children to attend Willie Woods PS1 is an effect, is, <laughs> is, is, is a way to show the people otherwise. But Fitz uh, is just following an old Bucky tradition. Um, Shun corners Fitz in the hall and demands he sends for a tutor to teach her uh, minstreling, which is fitting because Shun reminds me of Starling, but also less talented. And Shun also <laughs> demands Fitz... Shun also demands that Fitz fires Riddle uh, because yeah, I guess he, she, he's not listening hard enough to her. And then she accuses B of being a bastard. Um, so uh, Fitz realizes that if it weren't for Shade's training, he would have definitely hit an unarmed woman. And that's a quote. <laughs> B is my true daughter, the child my loving wife brought to me. No taint of bastardy, you loathsome piece of shit. Um, that's an authentic <laughs> quote also. Riddle strides up to, uh, strides up, convinced Fitz was about to attack Shun, but that unfortunately did not happen and instead informed <laughs> Shun that Revel is probably the best one in the house suited for lady lessons, which is what I'm calling them now. It's the dancing, the song stuff, all <laughs> I'm that. I'm offended, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not me. It's the way it's written about. It's, it's like, the lady must know these things. Like, it's, you know... Like it's uh, uh, ye old times of yore. Yeah, you learn dancing, songs, and how to use a tampon. It and drawings. Um, <laughs> so uh, Fitz returns to his study to fume and then mope and naturally self-loathe, which is the standard Fitz pattern, and then discovers that B has learned much by reading his journals. Riddle shows up again to explain to Fitz that not just Shun, but B could also benefit from said lady lessons. And he also has a message from Shade, the old-fashioned way, via pigeon or bird mail. The message says, Huntswoman or gardener girl, how did you know Fitz? How does Fitz know? Wait, why are we talking about Fitzlance? Uh, or Fitzlant? Uh, Fitzlant is Huntswoman <laughs> Laurel's son. But who's the dad? Uh, why does Shade value him so? Question mark. Um, Fitz reveals to Riddle the message the injured messenger sent regarding the fool's mystery son and the fool's desire to discover and protect him. No real connection there. It's just a stupid co coincidence. It turns out that Shade is a playa. Riddle explains that he needs to head back to Buckkeep, but would ask around about the fool's mystery son. But is that a good idea? Riddle also explains that Fitz should try to repair his relationship with Lant because he is still scarred by his last visit to Willie Woods. You recall the one where he made him undress to nothing and share his young body to Fitz. It proved that he... <laughs> no, what? No. So, okay. nope. no. That didn't happen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. To show, <laughs> not share. <laughs> <laughs> Still bad, but okay. It's still like not more, quite more accurate. accurate. Let's yeah. explain. It could use context. <laughs> we all know what happened. It's it was it was okay. If you're Lant, it's fucked up. Um, and Fitz clearly brief... not fucked up enough because this boy's acting a fucking fool in the next chapter. It does Fitz briefly engages Fitz? Um, 
uh, and Fitz Lance and determines that he uh, has the look of a man whose confidence is broken (laughs) (laughs) and and probably won't make a very good bodyguard for B and then invites him to dinner. And that's the chapter. (laughs) Oh, and I also, I I don't know if I missed this in the copy and paste, but the beginning of uh, the beginning excerpt is about the birth of public schools in Buckkeep on the order of Queen Dexterous, recounted by Scribe Fedrin. I think it's, I think it's very uh, kind of comical that Fedrin is laying out these reasons why his duty to teach all of the the children of Buckkeep is kind of a punishment. Like I, th- I think that's it's kind of a, a funny way for him to present it to us. That maybe he didn't like having to teach everyone. Yeah, that's a chore. Dumb kid. Yeah, like like most teachers, underpaid, underappreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so B knows how to use a knife now. I love sort that. Of. I'm here for it. Little nine-year-old stabby stab, tiny doll with a stab stab, a little stab yep. stab, a little a little fancy footwork, a little stab stab. I mean, she would definitely be underestimated. So I think it's pretty good that he gave her that kind of weaponry. Yeah, I'm glad that she told him the truth about the little bitch ass fucking <laughs> kids. So yeah. he's not so like, oh, everybody's so nice and never hate <laughs> you. It's like, um, no. She, it's like I'm the biggest weirdo here. They definitely hate me. I don't know why you feel like I. They tried be to murder me when I was a small child. They hate <laughs> me. Uh, but you know she, the, you know how books work. There should be no reason at all for her to know how to use a knife. I'm sure it will be. Uh, <laughs> forgotten mm-hmm. uh and then we have sean once again flouncing into a scene and making it longer than it needs to be <laughs> <laughs> i love that fitz was not asking about that at all and that he got probably way more information than he wanted out of it <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't care <laughs> who's the full fucking Oh, who's who's shade fucking? Okay. <laughs> Very good. So, is so I didn't get this on the first listen and it wasn't until the second listen that it became clear to me, but I was like, okay, so shade's out there just making bastards or at least boning around town. Yeah. See cuz in my mind Shade was always sort of ace up until this point. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's described as being a, like kind of charming and charismatic, but oh, you don't, I kind of figured don't... he was always getting some because in fucking one of the around. It talked about how he, how he was like the little socialite, and he was going around town doing things. Fitz I mean, I think had... when he was stuck in the walls, he was probably not. But you know, after that, he just Fitz... didn't have the opportunity. This <laughs> had a skill dream dream in the first trilogy of him like with somebody in bed. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I thought that was, I thought that was, um, Verity. It was some lady that he was passaging, p- 
passing messages you're with. You're right. She was like, yeah, you're right. Was <laughs> older lady. Naked and they were talking. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't remember who it was, but it was like a very athletic older lady that he was passing messages <laughs> yep. with via like oh, horseback. Right. Wait, ath- athletic? Yeah. Is that the first trilogy? She was like older but stacked and like naked and they were having a whole conversation that was like yeah. political. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That was the first trilogy? Shade, shade's yeah. like a ladies man. I just remember he that is. it was like Regal's assassins or whoever was cha- were chasing him and he like passed a message off to her and then later he was in bed with her and it was like all all he could think about was like oh yeah she's got nice abs nice <laughs> abs <laughs> at this point he was 75 years old yeah. <laughs> did he look 75 i want to know what his abs looked like that's all i'm saying <laughs> he hadn't been skill healing then so probably oh no <laughs> How many? So he probably has a lot of notches. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're in the wall and you don't really have much to do, Fitz has like what? But two. Phantom of the Opera. Two, two, <laughs> two or three notches. Shade's got like he's forty. Well, they're they're different people. But here's what I what I don't appreciate. Shade of all people should have had like a contraceptive at the ready. No, shade. Shade. He should have. He should have had a skill. Would I think? I think that shade would very much value expanding the family business. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Shade and sons. Shade. Shade, shade loves shade the hell out of That's shade the real. That's the episode. Dad. He loves shade being and sons. Dad. Shade and sons. The best assassin's guild you could ever have can you imagine what shade think think about it he's like if i could have a whole bunch of people that work for me whose loyalty is unquestionable because they're related to me well that doesn't mean it's guaranteed loyalty if they're bastards and they need to comply or be executed i mean yeah it's definitely a pattern he knows well yeah. Too bad Lance's not so good at killing folk. But thank goodness he's not good at killing folk. He could have some semblance of a life instead of just being out there a bread-poisoning murder machine. That's the Shade and Sons theme. Oh, okay. Is that the commercial? <laughs> It's like a combination of, of 90210 and Law and Order. <laughs> well, it's the Sanford and Son theme, but yeah. So Huntswoman Laurel, what do do? Or is our opinion of Huntswoman Laurel um, increased, altered at all? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> we already know that he has charisma. That's something that we've been aware of. That's why he's so good at what he does. So it's not shocking to me. And she was left in like an awkward position of not having a lot of options. And girl needs to get some. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, What else happened? That was it. That was it? How was that? Good Good job, Ben. Let's move on. 
Okay, it's my turn. I have chapter 26, Lessons. Uh, chapter intro is a recap of a dream from when B was six, and it's a little boy watching a pathetic blind beggar play with acorn head puppets, and then he mutates into a bad guy that tries to either murder a child or just hug a child. It's a little hard to tell, and there's blood and it's awful, and it might be the beginning of a dream or it might be the end of a dream, but either way, shit got freaky. So... It's the first dinner with Hot Boy, and poor B only has saggy leggings to wear, and this is truly <laughs> tragic. I highlighted the sentence. It's the mm. only sentence I highlighted in this entire section. She only has saggy leggings. It's okay, B. You'll just have to charm him with your brain and your wit. Except not, because that hooker shun comes to dinner, tits up, ass out, and Fitzvigie is just like, ooga eyes, and he doesn't even acknowledge B's existence. She hears his voice for the first time, and it's love. Should she name drop Hap to edge into the conversation? No, I'm going to save that ammo for later. Damn, guess we'll have to murder Shun. B eats in her <laughs> silently and then flees, but not before her dad says he's going to come and tuck her in. And it's like, Dad, God! <laughs> and then, uh, really, the whole day was kind of a bust for her, and she passed most of it reading the New York Times bestseller, Badgerlock's Old Blood Tales. And honestly, she doesn't get the hype. <laughs> On her way to bed, B drops into her old room to sneak into the walls. She trips over a kitty cat and damn near burns the whole place to the ground. Then she sees the cat ate her food and was sleeping in her invisibility cloak, and she's miffed, and the cat, annoyed at being awoken, corrects Bee, stating that the messenger promised the cloak to the kitty in trade. Bee insults Kitty by asking what could a cat possibly have to trade, and Bee, for real, everything. Cats have everything to trade. She backpedals a bit and begs pardon. She's never had a cat before, and it's like, beer, beer, another error. And Kitty's like, all right, listen here, you ho. First off, humans can't own a cat. We're too awesome. And secondly, I gave the messenger good dreams and brought you to her so that shit is mine. And Wolffather gets all annoyed with the cat, but B plays along and the cloak can be traded. Kitty demands baskets with blankets and herbs, protection from the humans in the kitchen, a lovely charcuterie board to be delivered daily, <laughs> and pets, but only when it says so or else it gets the hose. And so to seal the deal with blood, Kitty demands pets and then sneak attacks, and it's so typical and so charming. The next morning <laughs> is the first day of school, and Careful has the good sense to try to make B look as stylish as possible. I related to this whole scene deeply as I never, never <laughs> had good clothes for school and tried to look as nice as I could, even though I knew everyone else would look better in the latest fashions. And Careful gets B in decent order, but still can't stand to look at her, so she scuttles off to find her own lace cuffs and collar for B to wear for the day. And it's just really sweet and lovely, and Careful is a good person, and she's the best. Um, and, you know, the lace, it's perfume on a pig, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Careful mentions how much she hates Shun, so I see a solid friendship blooming there. Uh, B goes to breakfast, and it's not great. That trollop Shun tells B she almost looks like a girl, and B zings back with, you almost look like a well-bred lady, which is the only <laughs> thing that Loverboy hears upon entering the room. Oops. During breakfast chatter, Loverboy says he'll be using a strict asshole approach to teaching. Oh, man, does he follow through? <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs> Loverboy and B go off to class where everyone else has already taken seats and B, distressed to be the last person to walk into the room, ends up plopping in a spot on the floor. And it's a move that instantly ruins her social status in the classroom and one that will continue to haunt her forever. Mr. Trunchbull gets started asking Damn. students one by one to come up and proclaim how dumb they are in front of their peers. This whole thing is so awful and I get sweaty just reading it. Everyone is pretty meh. Then it's B's turn and Trunchbull says it's Lady Nettle's wish that B learn how to read and write at least a little. 
and B proceeds to drop a knowledge bomb that Trunchbull wasn't ready for, and he gets pissed. And to test what he deems to be lies, he makes her write and read phrases, the last of which is, It is wicked deceit to pretend to ignorance and inability, and honestly, let's just murder this asshole here and now. There's enough kids in the room to tear him limb from limb. He's a monster. <laughs> and B, it's okay. We've all fallen smitten with a raging asshole before. It happens. Don't judge yourself too harshly. Trunchbull then punishes B by giving her work beneath her ability, while some other smart kid, I think he's from like the Goose family or something, learns the real <laughs> stuff. Uh, finally, the longest worst day of school ends and B's out of there. What the fuck just happened? She sneaks off to her hidey hole for the rest of the day to hang out with her cat, and I don't blame her at all. To pass the time, she reads a history of Buckkeep and how its structure came to be, which sounds like a real snooze fest, but she seems to pretty, pretty into it. And Fitz comes to find B and summon her for dinner, and it turns out... He got his own recap of the first day of school from Trunchbull. B thinks she's going to be in trouble, but Fitz is all, Oh, hell no, I told that ass twat what was up, and if he fucks with your education ever again, he's a goner. So yay, Fitz, you finally acted like a real dad. Then B and Fitz make a pact with one another. They will always believe each other first, so they must always tell the truth. And that sounds dicey, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Everyone goes to sit down to an awkward dinner, and Fitz, I must say, plays the ultimate wingman for B. Shun and Loverboy are all swoony with one another, but then Fitz gets a convo going with Riddle and B that shows intelligence, and that they don't need their shitty company, and then he does a perfectly timed name drop about Hap to show how cool they are. So B heads to day two of school the next morning, and she arrives early enough to drop the B for Perseverance and do a cram session on, let on letters, and he's a little busted up, but it feels good to have a friend in a sea of monsters, and Taffy is missing from class, and the students tell Trunchbull he's done well. And that pompous asshole, of course, isn't buying it, but it turns out it's true. Trunchbull got an ass-kicking from Perseverance after talking shit about his sister. And as they return to their lessons, B quietly repeats something from one of her dreams about a young bull. Horns not grown, he swings his head in warning, and still all take heed. Yeah, I love that. I love that they're like, no, he's sick. He's sick. <laughs> he can't. He can't come to school. Everyone, he's like, that's a lie. It's like, no, <laughs> I beat him so bad he can't come to school today. Sarah, <laughs> good job. I think this goes back to the um, the message we got from is it Kate, Katie, Kate, uh, about like Fitz not not being with it, not not getting what's going on and uh i feel like fits in this chapter is very i mean the way i would describe it is so you have you know how you have like really smart people who are like barely aware of what's going on all around you and they're at kind at kind of like the fringes of intelligence and they're picking up on all sorts of interesting things but they're not like getting the bulk of the information i almost feel like fitz is like the other way where like he has like he's got like a very specific set of skills i don't i don't but like <laughs> he, he only he only operates in that like very specific wavelength and he knows mm -hmm. what's going okay. on and if you are in that wavelength that he is like he he does a great job but if you're he, outside yeah. of that, he has no clue what's going on ever. <laughs> I think we've always seen these bursts from Fitz where he does things really, really well in between, like, mostly scenes of him just fucking shit up left yeah. and right. And it was nice to see him pull it a little bit together. This, He's got, this like, chapter. a really, 
odd education for most people. And he's got really odd skills. Like, there's really odd things that he's very good at. And I think that if you fall in that band, he does a great job. But if you don't... Well, I think he's he's also just bad at educating or and, and communicating. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. He knows that he knows that you can talk to B like an adult, and that B is at like you know a tenth grade reading level or something, right? Because yeah. he knows what she's reading and she's comprehending and he, it, and they get to have conversations. But no one else, of knows course, that, he doesn't. He somehow he, he thinks it's like a danger to let anyone know. Right. He's so secretive about everything that he's like, well, I can't let them know that B is really, really smart. But then if they insult her by assuming she's not really smart, then they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and it's like, well, what? No, you're teaching her this. He's passing this on to her. And he, he desperately doesn't want her to be like a secret weapon of the Farseers, but he's treating her like a secret, like a secret <laughs> asset. Yeah. You know, definitely a very fragile yeah. one at that. Yeah, I remember when she when 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 she was born, he was like, "She's going to be a a phenom. She's going to be great at everything. She's going to be able to sing and dance and write and draw." And, <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, she can do all those things. Like, but no one can know. <laughs> She's too good at talking. Don't let anyone know. Yeah, it's like, what's that going to do? But yeah, I mean, give her a complex. Yeah. Well, I think that. Fitz has that complex because he was definitely smarter than he was treated when he was young because he was quiet and people thought he was stupid. And was it that they thought he was stupid or they just thought that he was too low to be bothered with? No, they thought he was stupid because he never communicated. He never spoke to people because of the wit. He just grunted. Yeah. Yeah. And they thought he was dumb. And Burrich had to be like, sir, you have to use your words. Because every other minute he just stares off into the distance for... Yeah. Yeah. And they thought he was dumb. So I think he kind of has, like, there's there's so many parallels between him and B in many ways. And I think that he is, like, he covets that. He wants that because it means they're the same. So he's like, I gotta give my daughter all the same issues I have. Right? Like, let's just go kill people. Are you 13 yet? No? All right. We'll wait. So you stab. You just gotta prepare for it, you know. Honestly, I I feel bad for Lant because Lant does not have the skills to do any of the jobs that he has been given Mm -mm. for, like, the last 19 years, however old he is. But he's just bad at everything, isn't he? He's he, I mean, I will say, like, he goofed not, I think yeah. he should have checked in and said, like, okay, like, where's, he just. Yeah, and also, took she's the bait still with the lady Shun of the like, house. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he's just too preoccupied with Shun and her opinions and all of that shit. And that just shows how young and stupid he is, but. Yeah, Shun's definitely operating in an area where she, she has pit herself against B in a way because she wants to be like the apex lady in the house right yeah even though B outranks her for sure. she wants following... to be the lady of the house and doesn't think that she's following that advice it. from that intro where it said you had to challenge all the yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. design choices and house yeah, she probably read that that's why yeah. she wanted to change all the room colors it's all... except that you didn't marry him exactly right? <laughs> it's almost comical in a way too because it's like a what a 20 year old 
and a nine-year-old that looks like a six-year-old that nobody <laughs> thinks can talk or do anything. And they're, they're kind of like rivals. And it seems almost silly. And It is silly. And it's silly that, but you know, that's how rank works in this world, right? And it's like, if you really think that this person is inferior, if they're strange and odd and not smart, and yet they get to order you around just because of their birth then maybe you would feel a lot of animosity towards towards that person. I mean, like, Shun sucks, but she's making a lot of assumptions. But they all are. Hmm. I killed the combo. <laughs> Just thinking. Um, Bee's back in the walls. She's back. She's back with a in the walls a kitty cat. Where's Whiteout? We haven't heard from Whiteout at all this section. He's locked is, out. Is B witted? Do we? What do we think? I don't think. So. I mean, mm, cats can talk to proof. anybody, so it's not really. Yeah, like we don't have good evidence. Mm. Also, I feel like she wouldn't have tripped over the cat if she was witted. I feel like. Oh, good point. I feel like skill. Yeah, definitely. But witted, I don't know. And Ooh. she doesn't. She didn't talk to her. Might horse be at very all. weak. I don't know. Yeah, she might have it a little bit, but not, like, as completely. I think she's too preoccupied with being a white prophet. That's true. There's a lot in her head. <laughs> she also, and we saw this with Still Fitz. a lot going on. When Fitz was little, like, the, the wit was not apparent because it was normal to him. Mm-hmm. And we can see that with the skill with B. She just thinks that's yes. how life, that's how people are. She definitely thinks that other people can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Fitz can. She's read um, the skills, like scrolls on the skill now, though. That's true. I think she knows a lot. And I think that's also why the history of the six duchies interests her, because she knows that it is her own family history right. at mm-hmm. this point. She has like a personal connection to it. True that. Well, I like I like perseverance. I think he's a good friend, and I like careful. I think she's she's doing good shit, pulling from her own wardrobe for her. Yeah, and that's she even dire. Like... She needs shopping, right? Like you're the maid, and you're lending clothes. She was she wanted to make <laughs> sure it. she looked better than the kitchen staff. I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> right? Like I feel like Lant really fucked up because, like, let's say even if B was horrible. She's still the highest ranked child in the room. Like, I feel like he should have this... designated a seat for her and been like, that's where she's going to sit. Exactly. This is not egalitarian. Like, yeah. she's, he's, you're there for her, and then the other kids get to also absorb from her education. He's kind of yeah. acting like Shun is in the room with them <laughs> all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's weird. Well, what did she say to him that, like, tore him down so much that he had to, like, fight with little kids to make himself feel good? <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I think that he just wants to do everything possible to please her. And so he's just googly-eyed and at well, her service. You there know? was that line that Shun said when she was talking to Fitz that, like, oh, Lant isn't much of a conversationalist. I wonder if she did mm-hmm. tear him down a little bit. Yeah, like he couldn't keep up with her. Yeah. You remember when Hap was like Google-eyed over Svanja? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that it's, hussy. You know, 
There's like uh And you think that you just think that like Fitz would be like, wait a second, I've seen this. I've seen this babe. Fitz there, make connections? What? Right? There is yeah, certainly that's, like that's a repeating of history in Hop's works for sure. I, I see yeah. some of the same yeah. tropes. But I feel like he he wisens up to it quickly. Like we see that in the next few chapters of him. Well, we better not see Lant turn into into shitty teacher Galen, right? Like we've already had the ultimate shitty teacher, and yeah. I don't want to see any of that bullshit. Yeah, Fitz is weird because it's almost like if I recall from the last trilogy he was in, he was a lot more kind of sober and lucid about being a parent. In this one, it's almost like it's almost like he's a, a he's like a what we do in the shadows vampire, where it's just like. He's well beyond his expiration date, and he's just sort of, like, missing very basic things that other people are just like, yeah, his humanity's kind of being lost or something. I don't know. It's was weird. Was he really a competent parent with he, Hap? I mean, he, he at least, let, he at least knew the dangers. invested in Hap. I think that's the problem, is he feels really invested in B, True. because he feels like him and B are the same, whereas Hap... It was like, he, if was he was, if he was, like, fed and clothed and, like, you know... Vaguely functional, then it was fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> part of it is that yeah, this is a lot more nuanced. But he did at least know that when when um, when Hap was pursuing that hussy, that like it was it kind of a danger. It took him a while though. But it was a danger. He understood it as being kind of dangerous. And and can and... we? But that can... was also like before going through some of the bullshit that he went. That's through. also. Like, he was also. Go ahead. I mean, that's a, a lot more common danger, but also. I think that we should rewind a second and look at the fact that Fitz went and beat up the dad of his son's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that like, did He happen. wasn't making good choices then either. <laughs> at least he's we only, only remember helping... the good parts. Sorry, Rachel. Go ahead. I just, I had. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Take that, blind man. Okay, moving on to chapter 27. It's called Time and Again, in a very disappointed tone. <laughs> this chapter opens with a rare letter excerpt from Patience. In it, she's lamenting the fact that, though she was angry, irrationally so, at chivalry for fathering a bastard before he had met her, she realized that she wanted Fitz at Withywoods with them, to have him grow up with them, but she cannot convince chivalry that Fitz would be safe. What safer place than under the protection of a politically targeted father, <laughs> she ponders. What safer place indeed. And like most of these epigraphs, we shouldn't draw any parallels at all with the current story. <laughs> that would be foolish. <laughs> foolish. Capital F on that foolish, y'all. <laughs> B is excited for her shopping montage to begin and find herself unable to have restful sleep. It's just a lot of stressful dreaming. And in the morning, she's tired and dull and careful's excited comments as she gets to be ready for her shopping trip barely excite her. But it's Winterfest, so perk up. B has lots of happy memories of Winterfest, of the parties and happiness it brought to her parents. I'm skipping right over that wingspan joke. I see you. <laughs> Winterfest is important to Fitz, so she tries to match the excite excitement vibes. Um, as he's on his way back to Buckheap and Nettle, Riddle accompanies Fitz and B to Oaks Bywater. This is shaping up to be a very pleasant trip. But oh wait, time to ruin it. Shun and Lant finally show up to breakfast together and decide that it would be marvelous to go to the market too. Joy. 
Their involvement necessitates many delays, and no one is even out the door until afternoon. What a chore. And they can't even ride there together now because Shun has to ride in a dumb shit cart. Bah. P is very... B. B? P? <laughs> B is very disappointed by that particular development, and she wanted... Because she wanted to show off her newfound riding skills to Fix. So Oak Spywater has gone full stars hollow for Winterfest. There's holly. There's shopping. There's roasted chestnuts. Fitz surprises Bee by showing her the saddle that he's ordered for her. The leather is embossed with a design of bees, which honestly sounds really rad. And Bee says that she would rather have a charging buck. And like, okay, stop sucking up, kid. <laughs> Thus begins Ashley's long-awaited shopping montage. Fashion show. If Oak Spywater... Fashion show. If Oak Spywater was a mall, they hit every store. Did they get anything on the list that Revel had carefully completed for B, being the only adult human in Withy Woods that had bothered to take note of all the things that B actually needs? Of course not. Winterfest is only for pretty things. No one wants socks, Revel. <laughs> B also buys her few friends some small presents like buttons and scarves, and buttons. shells and lace. Which is nice, but these gifts suck, B. God, you're worse than Fitz. Oh, I didn't think they Damn. suck. That's so mean. She's a little kid. <laughs> Your gifts suck. She's nine, okay? She's gifts nine. People she rocks. Got nine-year-old gifts. <laughs> shells. She's never been shopping before. <laughs> right? I bought you some shells. <laughs> you I've never been awful. to the beach. I've never been to the beach, da. All right. They've been shopping for a while, and the snow has begun to fall. And even though Oaks Bywater has tried to do the whole North Pole vibe to a tee, there's still evidence of some not-so-nice things, like a blind beggar sitting at the tea shop and more beggars wandering around. Why are there so many? Fitz, Fitz, Fitz. Never mind. It's snowing. And in response to being asked if she's cold, B says, cold comes from the heart on waves of red blood. Which is fine, I guess. <laughs> She should have just looked at him and said, Red Ram. <laughs> so Bee's in some kind of trance now, but Fitz thinks that she just must be getting cold and tired. Oh and before they give up for the day, uh, let's go to the cobbler shop. Finally, something she needs. And really, who cares where Shun and Lant are? They also pick up a shawl. And on the way out, well, everything goes to shit. See, there's a guy with puppies for sale. A very not nice man. More evidence of that, perhaps Oaks Bywater is not as idyllic as described. So to sell the puppies, he shows off their mother, an old scarred fighting dog, way past her prime. The man tries to drive up the price of his puppies by showing just how tough and loyal the old bitch is by basically torturing her and killing her. It involves a knife and a hanging bull's head, and it's horrible. And oh my god, Robin Hobb, I worry about you a lot, you know. Fitz can't take it. He feels the old dog's feelings like E.T. and Elliot style. And this is the strongest wit communication that we've experienced as readers since Night Eyes. And it's horrible. Fitz ends up mercy killing the dog and beating the absolute shit out of the man, sending his cart and puppies back to Withy Woods while the whole town watches him go berserker on the suit, which I feel is absolutely okay and proper. But Riddle feels differently mm -hmm. because during this whole thing, he's had the care of B amidst the cold in the crowd. Is this the blood I dreamed? She asks Riddle. He's too afraid to take B away because he feels like Fitz might need backup if the crowd went sour during the confrontation, so B witnesses it all. Afterwards, Riddle and Fitz argue the old topic of Fitz's capabilities as a father, warring with B's secret intelligence. B complains of the cold again, so they tromp into the inn and order hot food. <coughs> Sorry, I drank a beer. Kissing <laughs> height. B says, 
thank you, Papa, for doing what you did. It was right. And we know it's okay, but Riddle is extremely unconvinced. So she says to him, remind my sister that our father... Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. Remind my sister that our father is a brave man when you see her. Tell her I'm learning to be brave, too. But I'm not so sure that Riddle finds the idea of being needing to be brave much comfort. I think Fitz did exactly the right thing. I wouldn't I... even call that berserker mode because that person deserved to die. <laughs> and he he just got beat up. So Yeah, I don't He's think alive. you need the wit to to feel what was going uh, on there. Uh in in Riddle's defense, uh the description was very much that Fitz was holding the man up with one arm by his neck <laughs> and then Damn. quote ruined his face. With a single punch. <laughs> very, very Game of Thrones style. <laughs> oh. It was it was very Sick dramatic. Yeah, it was you know, very it was crunch. a very dramatic scene. Crunch. I think it that Fitz probably had a lot of pent up emotions that he needed to expel and this guy also just deserved all the boxes. everything he had coming, so absolutely there's a lot of things here there's a lot of things here one, number one fitz was raised by an old bitch number two yeah fitz found night eyes in the care yeah. of a cruel man yep. who kept him in a cage and wanted to fight him and all that stuff number three he doesn't he doesn't believe that well, I mean, we and none of us do like we're modern readers, but he doesn't believe that animals are animals without feelings. Right. Like he right. knows firsthand that that isn't true. So all of these things like it, it, it's the same as if he was watching a human being be tortured. Probably. And well, everyone honestly, watched. he probably felt more from an animal being tortured than if he'd seen a human because they tortured. have. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. humans defense. suck. Yeah. Look at Sean. <laughs> It well, was, I mean, honestly... he, could, he can't oh, share ahead. his feelings quite the same way with a human, I don't think. Like yeah, a random yeah. human, as with a random creature. But humans just aren't quite as, not all humans anyways, are quite as helpless as an animal. But I think but... about it, like, these are all things that Fitz feels really strongly about. Plus, like, he's been tortured, he knows what it's like to be tortured. Like, This was torture. These are all his buttons. This were, these were all his buttons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're going to set him Every off. fucking one that he could possibly have outside of, like the fool but right yeah it was awful and honestly like for fucking robin hobb to even write this shit like come on lady like you ever like i wonder things that she i mean like it was like genuinely upsetting to read what has she seen i know that you can't always like it could have just come from her mind imagination but like what the fuck has she seen as a as a person on this planet the shittiest the shittiest part for me was, and I think Fitz acknowledged this too, was just the, and I don't know if it was this chapter or the next. I think it's the next chapter. Is it the next chapter where we kind of go into like what the dog actually felt and, and yeah. how, yeah. Yeah, because Fitz is yeah. justifying can, it to himself. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that next, but man, that that's like, that's the real tearjerker. This is all from B's point of view, and it's interesting because... There's not really any point where she's disturbed by what Fitz is doing. Like, 
it's almost like she's watching a movie. And that like, that might starts, that might be like, a clue to her not having the wit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because she couldn't feel it. It was more that she had seen it before. She's spouting prophecies as it's happening, and that's exactly um, how it was portrayed, like a prophecy, like yeah. not like this is not. This is just something that I witnessed, same as anything other that I've witnessed in a dream. Right, like she, there's, she has no agency in it. It's yeah. just happening. Yeah. It is kind of portrayed like in in Riddle's defense. It's kind of portrayed as like Superman coming here and beating someone to death in a public square. <laughs> Some wild. invincible. Yeah, it's like, like that. That <laughs> the episode of Invincible really won't stop hitting. <laughs> God. Like I don't I don't know I don't know how you pick someone up by their neck, but that is that is insane. <laughs> I like that he found his his inner strength. Yeah. It's very Popeye of him. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like he was the right person to send the message though too, because he's right and he told the village, like, is this what you guys want? Do like do we want to have another king circle where we're just out here torturing living creatures and all of that like, shit. Maybe it's they like... do, but they won't say it. And also, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's the great. fucking holidays. Like, we're trying to make yeah. it nice, and then this clown comes up in here gutting dogs on the street. Like, pull yourselves Hanging together. Hanging up bloody bullheads yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like, that's not fast. And he's a fucking mm-hmm. liar. Yep. And there, there were obviously a lot of people in the crowd that were into it, too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. They all My, a also for me though is like what kind of desperate person is like all right this is all i have to sell so like he's clearly not doing well like cool. what is his home life like but on top of <laughs> I all i don't give a shit about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that there's a lot there were there seems to be a lot of poverty in this area that is just kind of probably withy wood's responsibility maybe I mean, it's within a few days' ride. It's got to be, really. Not a few days. It's like a, like a, couple, a couple hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. One day. One day to get there. So, and like, still why shop. isn't Withy Woods like why? Yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of get like, if this is your, if you are, if this is a feudal system where we've got a bunch of dukes and everything, you know, and then you've got lords and ladies and people, and that means that the the people who live on your property are your responsibility. Well, he's been checked out. We know that. And now he's showed up and sent a very clear message. And I think people will, uh, will take something away from that. Fitz needs to teach some animal etiquette classes mm-hmm. on the weekends. Yeah, where's the uh, where's the dare version of like witted people are cool too? Like going around to the schools and teaching everyone that animals have feelings. I think that one must have been left off the budget. (laughs) (laughs) I also think it's funny that like this whole time it's like, okay, what, what, how many things can I purchase for B? And 
Uh, I think we, they talk about it in this next chapter, but like Lance just like, I would like some wax tablets. Well, I thought I thought it was kind of sad where B's like, I was cold and then we are going to get shoes. But then he got this cloak and he put it around me and I was like, oh, man, he was really thinking about me. That's so sweet. And I'm like, you're nine years old. He should be providing you with a coat like <laughs> you should not be giving him like 10 gold stars because he remembered that you should have a coat. <laughs> he's never had a coat before that's true not since Molly it's like I'm I could have been king and I've never even owned a coat <laughs> come on dad Jamalia <laughs> dads well I don't think that riddle is going to be reporting a lot of good positive feedback to nettle that's very worrisome I just don't <laughs> think it's that bad like I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw a lot of fucked up shit when I was a really little kid. But like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm I'm like, like, it's not hey, that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Child I also think that class. maybe Riddle is a good filter. Like, I don't know, but I think that Riddle's maybe the most relatable character in any of these stories. To me, yeah, at least. Do you think? I think he's even keel. I think he is the so most... So you would have been horrified? I think he is the most even kill person. In these stories, he oh, ate his cellmate, sure. but I think that he, he is truly unappreciated. <laughs> He's got some trauma. He just killed him, Joey. He, he just killed him. It was necessary. He, he wasn't proud of it, but he needed to. He well, to I, mean, I mean, maybe he's been in there long enough. And he maybe really that's needed. part of the forging. Maybe that's part of the forging. But he's like, he is the chillest person. I. <laughs> he came back ninety percent. I mean, that's who Fitz needs as a chill person. He has emotional he intelligence, honest. which is what yeah, Fitz absolutely yeah, does yeah. not have. So Right. And he's such a good friend of Fitz because he really, Fitz was like, he's going to take her away. But it's like, actually, I stayed around because you're witted and you're walking up and involving yourself in, a, in something where somebody could be like, you're fucking witted. And then they would murder you. And I just wanted to make sure that didn't happen. Riddle's the best. Wait, so we still hate old bloods? Like what? What? We don't hate Bro. them, but <laughs> Well, hold on. Like it sounds like there's still some taboos going on. I think that I think that it's only been like, you know, one generation and Ketrican has, you know, legalized being witted, but that doesn't mean that people don't hate Oh yeah, people. yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go talk about how, like, you know, Hob uses the wit witted people as, like, a stand-in for, you know, like, queer people or, like, yeah. There's still going to be people who don't like them. Um, all right. I think that is, I don't want to dwell on, it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of interesting because we've watched, we've, we've read, like, several sections where, not a lot has happened. It's been maybe like very kind of like, oh, all right, like little things are happening. I got a cloak and like, yeah, okay, there was a person who got burned, but it wasn't like we had to watch it graphically. And now suddenly it's like Hobbs, like, remember, remember how I Violence. hurt you? Yeah, I hurt you? it's like yeah. a long time of mundane stuff. And then, well, I didn't need that. <laughs> Bring back the mundane, please. Yes, thank you. I just did a word count, and I haven't used the word blood in, like, a hundred pages. 
let's fix Who it. hasn't been tortured lately? <laughs> but I mean, like, he's done and he's covered in blood and he's like yelling at him and Riddle are yelling and he's like, you've got blood on your face. <laughs> Can you just, it's just all over your face. <laughs> and he's like, give me my daughter. It says, uh, you ate you? somebody once. I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> <laughs> he was forged. That man was forged. <laughs> Uh, what do we think about the prophecies? Are we good with that? Creepy? Not creepy? I mean, expect it at this point. Influencing creep scale? <laughs> Been waiting for it. <laughs> Alright, bring us to chapter 28, please, Jenny. Alright. Chapter 28 is called Things Bought. Uh, we start with Fedrin telling us that if only a few students hate school, that's fine, they can go. But if all of them hate school, it's time to fire your scribe. Because he probably sucks. <laughs> uh, so in this chapter Fitz does a lot of thinking uh, so it's really a lot of thinking anyway uh, we start out with him considering that Mercy killing a dog in front of a big crowd including his daughter might not have been the best plan but hey be approved so I guess it's fine in the middle of these thoughts and some mostly not awkward silence because Riddle's kind of forgiven him a little bit Sean and Lant arrive joy Sean wants stockings they're green she needs them for Winterfest which damn well better be happening Surely Lord Jade can afford to pay back any loan Fitz provides to pay for these stockings, and I say, where's the collateral, Sean? <laughs> um, Lance has slightly loftier aspirations in the form of hinged wax tablets that he wants to get for his students, and Fitz just does not understand the need. In his head, he's all, back in my day, we used to spit in our fingers and write on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used blood. <laughs> or perhaps with a burnt twig. What, what need have you of fancy wax tablets? <sighs> then he's like, okay, maybe the six statues really were as backward as everyone thought they were back then. I mean, they didn't even have glass in their windows for Saw's sake. <laughs> and maybe Catcher can introducing them to, you know, the concept of trade and, like, you know, borrowing other people's technology was a good idea. And maybe it's time that he just, you know, get hip to the new ways and get on board. And maybe he should even let me dress in a skirt. So he's like, okay, wax tablets first, and then I'll guess I'll look at these damn stockings. Heavy sigh. And this just enrages Shun, because how dare he look at the tablets first? But Lant is pitiful as ever. It's like, it's fine, because I love her. More sighing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fitz just wants to eat his damn food. Food, what a great idea, Shun announces, but she's picky and snobby and berates the poor, excitable little serving boy until he's just avoiding the table altogether, so they can't get him back there to ask for her to ask for her mulling spices in her cider. The horror. Uh, Sean is pissed because how dare he ignore her when she is his better and Riddle has had enough. He's all like, I'll go tell the kitchen if you will shut the hell up. Atlantis all, how rude. That's not like the Riddle I know. And Fitz thinks that maybe going into berserker mode and killing that dog might have something to do with it, but let's not play the blame game here. <laughs> so about that dog, Fitz tried really hard for years not to let an animal reach out to him, but apparently... It was the dog's utter loyalty and faith in her asshole of a master that made Fitz really snap into action. Which, of course, leads him to think of Shade and how he can, in fact, make mistakes um, like with Lant and Shun because, wow, are they unsuitable to the, tax to the tasks they've been set to. And Lant has just disappointed him even further by caving to Shun's anger over the serving boy. And Fitz is just going to have to teach B himself. I'm sure that'll go well. Shun is still complaining about the serving boy and Fitz not doing anything to reprimand him and oh my god shut up 
Fitz decides on a non sequitur to confuse her and maybe quiet her. He asks Lant how many tablets he needs and tells him he won't be teaching B anymore. And Lant is all dramatic about it, saying he'll pack up his things and go immediately. And Fitz is like, oh my god, you're both so annoying, but unfortunately you're too useless for me to let you go, so we all must suffer together. Now stop being so melodramatic, the pair of you. Oh, and I'll be teaching you to fight, Lant, and I'll see what I can do to make you marriage material, Sean. Uh, Sean hates that idea and thinks that she's going to go into, go get a room in town and strike out on her own and dares to insinuate that she's better than Fitz and Fitz is like, oh, she doesn't know how important I am and basically tells her to shut up and really it's about goddamn time. <laughs> and then Rill comes back and he's all like, where's B? And Fitz feels the terror of a mother in a lifetime movie who's just lost her child in the department <laughs> store because B went to the bathroom like seven hours of Sean's while ago and hasn't returned. And so Fitz is off to find her and put her face in the medieval equivalent of a carton or something. Honestly, this is like the worst dinner ever. <laughs> like Riddle's like, I I've I smell a fire three blocks away. I'm gonna go look at it. I'll be back. I'm going. <laughs> I'm gonna go be elsewhere. Just I have to be somewhere else. <laughs> I'm gonna work here now. I work here now. Why did, I will not be getting you your milling spices. Why did it take so long for Fitz to like be like real with these these two clowns? Because he's Fitz. So do you remember how sometimes, especially when he was younger, like when he was still working as like a a secret assassin, and they would send him places, and he would just be like observe guy, and then sometimes he would be like, "I'm going to do politics now," and he would just like <laughs> spits, but he would like spit like really good advice yeah. or convince people to 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 make to make a change or <laughs> or intimidate people into doing and like it's like he suddenly switched that on at this table when he's like lance i'm going to teach you how to fight because you're fucking useless and it's just not acceptable to me anymore you're not going to teach my kid anymore you are going to teach all the other kids i don't care about i don't care about them so you can be shitty to them you shun <laughs> shut the fuck up i don't know you're ugly you're too ugly to act like this you know like, you know what i think it is i think that that's sort of like what we all hear but it's fit so he's actually using the skill and all he's doing is just kind of being like you're dumb and i you stuck and just over here like she groaning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all skill translated I mean, we know that Fitz tends to use the skill when he's talking to people, especially when he's emotional. So, yeah, he is probably shoving his disappointment and derision <laughs> and, like, just right down their throats as he's lecturing them. It yeah. doesn't seem to make a big impact, though, because they're still both acting <laughs> like fucking idiots. He's not skilling hard. She's like, enough. I need Do green tights, which, like, me too. Those sound really cute, and I would also like a pair. <laughs> <laughs> but... Then he's like, "Well, I would like tablets, but she should definitely get those those green tights first. And I'm Maybe like, Dude, so you hot don't on have her. a fucking spine. I want to know why they're suddenly just like really involved in how much things cost because they clearly have no money of their own and they're relying on the money of the estate. Right. But he has a whole fucking estate. He can afford a pair of stockings <laughs> well, and some wax tablets. You know what, though? Like, I, she shouldn't assume that he does, though, because it's not her fucking money. No, I get that. But there's just a lot of back and forth about, like, oh, get her her stockings, because if you don't have enough money to get her the stockings and the... T I'm like, he's the Lord of Withywoods. He can get both. But they sense I mean, that he does not like them. 
That was just Lant <laughs> trying to suck up to tit face over there. Like he's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, tits like, face. yeah. I imagine her tits being so pushed up in whatever dresses she wears <laughs> that they literally touch her face. <laughs> it's appropriate that we just came from a Ren fair where that's like what happens. Yeah. I call it the, the boob. Thing. I call it the boob plata. The boob buffet. Wait, what was it? I, you know, I think um, George Martin described breasts once of, um, God, was it Asha? No, so many it was somebody times. Else. God, so yeah, many Yeah, but times. the worst the worst one that I recall that sticks out was like, breasts like empty purses. And it was like, there wasn't much. <laughs> not yeah. Asha. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you take that fucking I don't back. know. I don't remember. It was, it was somebody. <laughs> I remember Asha, that vividly. Asha, refuses to marry, did not, not have not, empty purse boobs. Not, okay. no, uh, uh, the other Asha. Osha. Osha, yeah. Oh. I think that it's might be. It's people like you that they had to change her name for in the show. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> You're why we have Yara. I don't know, I'm sorry. Was it was it was there actually a pronunciation difference because in the audiobooks it was always Asha. <laughs> Asha, Asha, Asha. I'm going to take all the boob stuff out. All right. Did you know yeah, that please. elephants? Oh, okay. <laughs> we can continue. <laughs> boob elephant boobs. Yeah, they're in the front, um, like humans. What? <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, elephant boobs are between their front little legs. All right, I'm gonna regret searching this. <laughs> it's gonna. Yep, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I went to the San Diego Zoo once, and there was a little kid, and we were looking at the elephants, and the little girl looks at our mom, and she goes, "Mom, that elephant has five legs." And everybody just fucking died cry laughing. Wait, these ele- these elephants these elephants are stacked. What the hell? <laughs> what is happening? Did you know? How did I not know this about elephants? They have over the shoulder. That's hole? that's why they're so greedy. Wait, what? They're what so. Did you just say? Wait, what? What? The empty purses. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not leaving any of this in. It's awful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bad content. Um, okay, so things bought. Uh, Fedrin, I guess it's kind of sad to me that Fedrin didn't actually like being a teacher. He liked being a dude on the road. He liked doing the thing where he went from town to town, as he often does in the early I trilogy. get that. Who wants to be stuck in one place with a bunch of snot-nosed kids? Well, I don't know, because Fitz has, like, good memories of Fedrin teaching him. Yeah, right. That's because Fedrin was happy, because Fedrin wasn't always teaching children. I don't <laughs> I don't know that Fedrin hated his job. I just think it's interesting that he, he took that, he decided to present that, you know, that classical, we all hate our jobs, and this is why. <laughs> Like why? Why even? Why even? Why even present that if there wasn't like a little bit of this truth in it? Yeah, this sucks. I didn't even translate that necessarily to mean like they hated their job so much as like some people are just fucking pieces of shit, and it's (laughs) well, you know what it was? It was the fact that he didn't have the proper tools. You know, he needed wax tablets, but they were spitting on their fingers (laughs) on the floor. That was that was a hundred percent the funniest moment in this book. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need a wax tablet. I don't need to buy you that. You don't need a fucking tablet with a hinge, no less. 
ass? I'm I'm fucking rich. You don't need that because we used to spit on our fingers and write our names <laughs> in our spit. He's like at home with his like imported inks <laughs> and his like paper and like all the and he's like, you don't need any fucking wax tablets. What the fuck? Get towards he's like, I burn paper, everything I write. Right? I set it on He's just fire. lighting it off. <laughs> yeah, he like writes it. So that he can it. then use the, the embers to burn his sticks and then write on the floor. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you know, Fitz, if you just wrote on a wax tablet, you could erase it and mm-hmm. reuse it. You wouldn't have to burn Somebody shit. I'm going to get this man an Etch-A-Sketch. <laughs> Dad, I need I need a TI-83 for class. It has to be this one. It needs to be able to do these graphs. Here. No, this is just a regular calculator from 1975. That was, that is, this is a direct this is a, transcript of the conversation I had with my parents. Not even going to lie. <laughs> you, like, show up to class. Everyone's getting their graphing calculators out. You just have the one that's got nine. I didn't have a graphing calculator <laughs> for, like, a month and a half. And then I finally got caught. And I went and asked my I, My teacher was like, you have to have one. And I had to go and tell my mom. And she took me to get one. Wait, don't they let you? I used to. I think I borrowed mine from the school. They did not have any for me to borrow. No, we had to buy ours. And it was, uh, it was horrible because they were very expensive. Yeah, they were, yeah. like, 100 Before. bucks. And yeah, they're not cheap. Me and my friend Russell, yeah. he would let me borrow his, and we had a whole system down, and then finally one day I got caught. You will never use it again after class unless you are, like, nope. a, nope, I donate. or And you know what? When I buy backpack shit for kids every year, I buy those fucking calculators because I know it's so stressful to have to purchase them. And why they still use those fucking calculators when we have computers and tablets in pretty much every classroom yeah. right. across America yeah, really... makes zero fucking sense to me. But they still make they these really kids have them. Be. That's a, that you know what that is. An there now. is an app that's, for that. <laughs> like you do to, not to, need a Texas fucking... instruments. Texas They're instruments has a cabal. Yeah. You you know yeah. how oh, often yeah. I use graphing Bargo. functionality as an engineer? Never, never have I used that. Yeah, Eli, and you're the we most equipped to say just that. Eye it, right? Like between <laughs> how you, often put, do you, you hold use your string? thumb and your finger up in front of your eye, yeah. and you just kind of go, yeah. That's, the the that's only that's thing I know about graphing calculators is that I got the 82, and everyone else had the 89 or the 84, and they could play video games on it. And I was so <laughs> yeah. distraught that I couldn't play video games on my calculator. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I could write boob. That's what I can yeah. do. <laughs> we could do that too. Brought it Bring full it circle. Back. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah, full you circle. Gotta get the back end of the boob combo. Uh, so we talked about this. We talked about the wax tablets. We talked about the tights. We talked about the food. What can we food? talk about the chestnuts? Okay. I want chestnuts so badly to roast so badly. on my fire pit now. Like it's gotta yeah. fucking happen. But I've like, never but you know had roasted chestnuts. Aren't they bad? I, really? I tried to have. Next time you come to New York, we're gonna get. We're gonna go find a cart. Aren't they like? Some. Aren't they yeah. like? Aren't they like? You eat them, and the texture is just like soft. They and... are. They're soft when you open them up. Oh no, thank you. You can buy <laughs> them pre cooked at a lot of like Asian markets. They'll sell them in bags, like sealed bags, where they're like already pre cooked, and you like heat them up on your stove or in your microwave or whatever. Chestnuts. Chestnuts roasting on I an open fire delicious. on the weird little hot dog cart in Central Park. <laughs> they smell so good. Yeah. They do. I'm pumped. I'm doing it. 
I also, this chapter also made me think of the recipes from, was it recipes from Buckkeep? Is that the name of the Instagram Recipe account? Recipes uh-huh. from Buck. From Buck. And, uh, cause there was a really good soup recently. Yes. And they were ordering the soup, you know, the beef soup in the, in the restaurant. And I was like, yeah, I should make that. Shun doesn't want soup. She doesn't, yeah, it's commoner's food. And I'm like, it sounds it is, delicious. It is commoner's food. But you know what? Joey just also pushed your face down <laughs> into it. I like, might be related to Shun. No, Joey doesn't eat food if you have to use a spoon to eat it. <gasps> yeah, that's yeah. like all of the best foods: mashed potatoes, I ice cream, I mean, pie, okay. soup. I can eat chili. I, right, okay. Cereal. She means anything with broth. It's like why? Pudding. Like that's for rice pudding. I'll eat. Yeah, that's all fine. It's anything with a clear broth. It's like I'm not doing that. Like, don't get me pho. Don't get me ramen. So that's, you'll eat no. chowder, but you won't eat soup. That's correct. Give me something with some body to it. Don't give me broth. I have a like, really oh, great ooh. fish stew that I know you would eat the shit out of. It's it's kind of chowdery. I would eat it to be polite. Also, there's a southern like red broth fish stew where you cook it in a big cauldron and you layer like all of your onions on the bottom and then slice potato rounds and then you do like a white fish and then you layer it up and then you put eggs in the top of it so that you have mm. boiled eggs at the end. It's pretty fantastic. If you guys ever come and visit me... Our soup game. It'll be popping off. I love soup, and I never get to have soup because Joey hates soup. That's right. So. Maybe you Why do you torture do her so, Joey? I made her fucking... I made her fucking stew the other day. I don't... I suffered Yeah, you guys made that, it in night of soup. That's correct. Yeah. I suffered. And Joey... What did Joey say? He said it was pilgrim food. <laughs> it is. That soup is like, it doesn't even have herbs in it. It is 100% pilgrim food. It's like fucking It's herbs. survivor food, for sure. It's got celery in it, okay? That's uh, not an herb. I like the My favorite bread. vegetable, parsnips. It's got parsnips in it. I'll, I'll eat like anything your... with parsnips in it. I can only picture the soup with a little pilgrim hat on it. <laughs> that racist, racist-ass pilgrim soup. Good soup. Get out of here. Um, all right. So B has gone to the bathroom. Do we have any predictions before we move on to end of episode? She's comps? getting into something. She's getting Number scooped two. up. Somebody. I just like, how is Fitz not putting this together? How is Fitz not realizing that B is precious and needs to be watched out because there are people literally infecting others with And she lo- doesn't bugs. look like anyone else. Yeah. And she doesn't look like anyone else in town. Like, people are going to stare at her. She's a miniature mouse that can barely defend herself, and he's just out letting her gallivant around. I'm like, she should be hidden. Hide her. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Put her in a bag. Put her in a bag. That'll go well. All right, every episode prompts. We are packed. Character introductions and exits. Intro. We finally uh, interact with Loverboy. He sucks. That's what happens when people sucks. are too good looking. He's a disappointment. Yeah. He is a disappointment. I was uh, trying to defend him in our last episode, knowing full well that he is a disappointment. <laughs> I feel like I did a good job, but... Yeah, you misled us. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. I did not like the part where B re- referred to Pris as Prissy. Yeah, I don't like that. Where did that come me, from? It was for me and Prissy. I was like, no, that she is not the horse's name. She does it twice, too, so it's not even a typo. <laughs> Wait, who? What are we talking about? The horse. The, the horse. horse. Oh, the horse. Prissy. When she goes to get the saddle, she's like, oh, it's for me and Prissy. I'm like, who the fuck is Prissy? Yeah, that's not a great 
name, but this isn't know. the only Chris slander we're gonna get in this book. <laughs> Just FYI, that poor spoiler. Horse. Prissy is coming back. Um, okay, speaking of animal assist, Tat. Kitty cat. Is cat gonna get a name, or is it just gonna be called cat, like in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Um, that's that's what the other one's named Stripey. I think this cat is just cat. <laughs> that's I thought I've was been wrong before about the fucking cat. No, no, the this other cat. cat is black and white. Mm. Yeah, this is exactly what. Okay, so three episodes ago, when <laughs> Rachel I ruined everything. Misremembered. <laughs> I know what I was cat to was that. which. I was like, oh, this cat's named Stripey, but it's a tuxedo cat. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, <laughs> this right. cat's this cat's name is Ribs. <laughs> it feels like Ribs. Mick Ribs, but not after midnight. <laughs> <Ribs>. All right. <laughs> Mick Ribs. <laughs> Fashions from Jamelia. Well, we got some scarves. We got a shawl. Green leggings. Stockings. Green, I feel, that means, like, there's some money coming in. Like, that's not, like, Mm. a bright green stocking. That's some dye. Can't you just make grass and, like, What do you make make green dye out of? Grass. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know. I've taken a a natural fiber dyeing class, and I, I don't think we did green I'll have to look it up in my notes and see oh my god I just looked up green dye and it gave me the recipe from Minecraft the internet is broken <laughs> yeah, fuck you, I, think, Minecraft. I think it's spinach grass ain't too far I mean you could do indigo with like a golden rod which would make a green so I feel like you'd have I mean you'd have to like mix things to get there I think blue's hard. The most common way to achieve green naturally is by combining yellow and blue dye or by modifying yellow dye with iron. It saddens the yellow, shifting it through mustard towards Aww. green. Sad yellow. It's, yeah, it it's sad. Feelings. It does. <laughs> I hate green. No, I yellow hate can green. also be modified with copper, usually resulting in a brighter neon green. Alternatively, cow urine makes Indian yellow. Oh, what is the cat doing? Mm. So you gotta you gotta have like indigo and then fuck it up with some butter. Goldenrod, it makes from butter. Yeah, butter. butter. That's butter right. Cups. They're putting butter. No, in No buttercup. Buttercup. So flowers. I'm like looking. I'm looking at wax tablets on Etsy. And even in t- by today's standards, they are very affordable. They are thirty five dollars. <laughs> I can't believe that Fitz is trying to be like. Oh, it's the principle. Like They're both just out there just being assholes and then asking for shit. Like, be a good person and ask for shit, and then he'd probably say yes. Oh, he God, babe. This is so sad. uphill both ways in the snow. I mean, Wax he didn't tablets. even go to school. <laughs> They're pretty ancient. He, did. he, he had a private tutor. On, he was writing on the floor with spit. <laughs> you know, it's like they had He's to still... use, uh, you know, it's like it was the it was like the flip, you know, like the, the folding phones of its time. I had a flip phone up until I was like twenty seven. <laughs> no, I mean the new I mean the new ones. The oh new, yeah. The new I don't one, trust the folding those at all. screen. Yeah, I don't either. I'm like mm. Uh, do we get any other fashions from Jamelia? I mean, besides the fact that maybe Fitz has figured out that B can not does not have to dress like a little boy from fifty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor B. 
I mean, honestly. <laughs> um, okay, roll the maps. Where are we and how did we get here? We well, finally, we are in Oaks by Water. We finally That's went it. somewhere else. And they walked. No, we've uh, been here. We've been here. A horse walked them. 12 years ago, we were here. That's true. Fitz stared at a girl with red shoes. That is true. And he was he was uh, at the market with Molly. Awkward. Was that nine years ago? He did you notice that he got winked at by those girls that had the the florals in their hair? Like, uh -huh. hey, wink, wink. I'm like, is it a slutty holiday? The prostitute what? holiday. We're just we're just here to pick. Is it a pick up random guys holiday? Because I kind of like. I feel like I would respect it more because right now it just sort of feels like fantasy Christmas. It's dog killing holiday. <laughs> but I would like it more if there was like a sex thing involved. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a slutty holiday. I think it's just. I mean, they disappoint. They do also have holidays. Or is it, is it Winterfest where they sexy they, Santa like, holiday? They drug up on kerosene. Yeah. That's the one where they get high. They get high yeah, on the kerosene. They run around. Maybe only in Bucky, yeah. though. Well, it's the it's the cakes that they the kerosene cakes that they they eat. And they're pot. Uh, I think it's more like uh, it's like probably is more, more like, like cocaine. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah, but no, they also had shit coming out of their incensors, Remember? But that th that was imported from Jamelia. Oh, right. That was like a new thing when Regal was king. Yeah. That's smoke. Kerosene now it's very common like... and legalized, and they can get it in Buck Fucking Duchy and Pharaoh Duchy, but none up, of the other duchies. Stinks so. up everywhere that it is, too. <laughs> Even on the highway. <laughs> Even on the highway. Uh, Fitz Misery has a moment. The return of Does Fitz Suck. Now remember, we are ra we are rating from one to five. Five being the worst. Last episode, you were stuck between a two and a four. I think Fitz was awesome this section. We saw him teach his daughter how to knife fight. We saw him tell those bitchy two to shut the fuck up. We saw him that felt attack good. somebody who was hurting animals and then set a standard for the town when he was like, y'all be better than this. He was an awesome wingman at that dinner. Like, I'm not mad at really, any. Really, it was just the I part agree. where he lost her that was a problem. And that's like the last 10 seconds. So, <laughs> And he didn't lose her. She wandered away. She went to the bathroom. She's probably just shopping. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Everything is always fine in this book. Yeah, it's right. It's always fine. Nothing bad great. is going to happen. Well, something horrible is going to happen because it's the end of this fucking book and nothing truly tragic has happened yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to find Molly out. Molly dying wasn't enough for you? I mean, yeah. that wasn't the kind of tragic I'm talking. I'm talking like... <laughs> Riddle's going to get beheaded. Soul crushing? Okay. You want soul crushing? <laughs> I want... What about How do you feel Scandal. about pain? So speaking of buzzwords, how's B doing the prophecy scorecard? We had a we had a prophecy. We had a couple. We had a couple in this section. Yeah. Buzzword. I don't know. I don't know if red rum is uh, makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, that's not it's not great well, to and then, have the little kid. Yeah, there was the one with the beggar with the kid getting attacked or not attacked. TBD. And then, yeah, the red rum. And lots of beggars in town. We all clocked that, right? Yeah, and ones with, like, mm -hmm. glowing lights around them. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just checking. I'm just checking to see if we're all present, paying attention. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it? Those neon beggars. Those neon glowy yeah. beggars. Just, that's just it just reminded me of like a video are. game when it's like, talk to that one over there. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> maybe that one's probably the, the subject of maybe the prophecy. Who knows? Um, reminder for next reading section, we're going to be doing Fool's Assassin chapters 29 through the epilogue. That means we are finishing Fool's Assassin. I, uh, we're going to be doing five chapters because of the epilogue. So the epilogue is like a page long. Um, we do have content oh God, this for is... violence, murder, uh, wait, what? rape, what the fuck is rape, a... threat, and body horrors. Okay, so you're... prepare yourself. Your content warning is now definitely spoilers. Well, it has That's to happen. Point. You have to do that. It's okay. This has been Buckkeep Radio. You can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com and let us know if I can read your email on air, maybe. And I am Rachel. You can find me on the internet at Darth Rachel. I'm Alyssa, and you can find me online at alyssamaynard.com and also on a gallery show at lightgrayartlab.com. Thank you. In Minnesota. Oh, yeah, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, I'm Jenny. <laughs> you can find me at Faces Bay on Instagram. I do not have anything in an art show. <laughs> I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey, um, Uncanny Robot at Instagram, and I can't stop having nightmares about parades. it's gonna be great joey it's gonna be fine not too much longer next is spoilers Spoilers. i fell asleep listening (laughs) i fell asleep listening to our podcast like for a nap and i got to it wasn't like the most recent episode it was like an older one and I like I woke up when it was transitioning into the spoiler section, and I was like, "No!" Because who knows how far ahead you guys talk in that section? I have no idea. I mean, many times, very end. So yeah, yeah stay the fuck away from I that. I did not. I didn't listen. I feel like my body knew, and it was like, "No, you have to get up. Wait, stop listening. <laughs> Turn it off." <laughs> um. All right, guys. It's been real. Get out of here. about fog man i hate him i wish he died oh my god and did you see them wander into the it's like they wandered into the frame it's like they're it's like stars hollow right you're thinking it's like the gilmore girls with like from the overshot where they do the pan and like everyone's wandering through and bees looking at scarves and fitz is there and riddles there and then in the background these fucking lorics are walking and i'm like kill them fire dragons 
Let's just stab <laughs> them a hundred times. You can you can see that uh, that Hob is trying to hide this uh, this very not normal thing in plain sight. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> oh this this man with a bright light. He's hiding in the the alley. Like it's like what's well, a... it's funny because do you think that like as they're walking by, B like points him out because. Like the bright light is this is her prophecy sight, right? I mean it's it's either that or it's the fact that he's like doing something weird with the skill. And she can she can see that. Oh, like like a weave. Okay. Yeah. I can do I can I can be down with that. Because he's fogging, so she literally sees the fog. Yeah. I thought that the I'm gonna have to read the section again. I thought the bright light was 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 beloved. I thought so too. I I think that it's Vindelier. Oh, Okay, because I know that she's she, she calls him the Fog Man. I'm gonna have to go back and look. Hold on. She doesn't. No, I don't think he's called the Fog Man yet. Um, I think that so. There's she says something about fog. There's a blind. There's a blind. Be- a blind beggar. Blind beggar. I believe that's beloved. And then there's right there's somebody else who's like looks like a child, but he's an adult, and yeah, he's got a bright light. That's Vindelar. That's Vind- Vindelar. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so sad because they're like right there. They're right there, and he thinks he's like escaped them and like found a safe place to hide and they're just like two feet away staring at him and i think the the first time that she describes him he smiles at her when she recognizes him yeah well because he's 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 just happy like that yeah he's happy to have been noticed by her Mm -hmm. um but they haven't figured out who she is yet otherwise they would have taken her i think he just sees a girl smiling at him yeah yeah Um. Um. Looking in the chapter just to make sure. Lessons. What is this chapter? What number? Things bought. No. So should we should we talk about our? So, are they trying to push an encounter, where Fitz kills the fool? Is that what they're trying to do? Or they So later on they actually have this discussion and the fool says, I think they may have seen that and I think they may know have known that you would do that and they figured, Okay, that's two birds with one stone. You will lead us to where we need to be and also we'll get rid of you. Yeah. Because they don't try to push anything, remember? That's, like, part of their path. That's part of the path. Is they don't try to make anything happen. They just no, but they, walk. To... They do, though. Well, they do, but it's like they, they don't see it that way. They think that they're just walking that path so that the things happen on that path. But they don't feel like they have anything to do with it. That they're just, like, riding through time. Yeah, but, the, I mean, if you're choosing it and you know what's going to happen, that it... Right. Yeah, you yeah, can't like, just If we go here, time. this will happen. Yeah. I just hate them so much. I mean, in terms of like, you know how like sometimes bad guys are like fun, like like the pale woman. She was fun. You know, she had like yeah. 
attitude and a cool outfit and an ice fortress and <laughs> like you know like she was a villain she was arch uh fucking lorex dwalia and her crew are not they're just like on bridge like <laughs> they're like the the henchmen of like elon musk or something they're <laughs> <laughs> On it, I was I'm I was actually trying to like organize this in my mind, and I and I think I'll come back to this when I've had time to ruminate on it more. But I feel like like knowing what politics and what the internet and like what like the news was like between 2010 and 2020, I feel like they're an, a re, like a response to evangelical American culture, like the culty like the people who are really extreme who have very very narrow beliefs and like it's all monolithic and so what i i guess what about the pop culture of that time makes you think that because i live in the midwest and it's been like that always forever (laughs) (laughs) it's been like that always yikes (laughs) well okay but I'm thinking from the point of view as um, one of the dirty liberals that live on the coast right and and so like I live on the out you know I live I'm a coastal uh, what are we called coastal elite fucks I don't know what they call us I live in blissful (laughs) ignorance (laughs) but you know what I mean like it's like if you don't live in in quote unquote middle America right like if you're in New York or Boston or DC or Seattle or San Diego or you know San Francisco like those are the coastal cities where which are like big and blue and like have their own monolithic cultures and so like it's more diverse and and I feel like in the last 15 years things have gotten like there's been all these puff pieces about like the the people of middle America and they're always white and they're always really conservative and they're always really religious and it's like they've they've started to like steer culture in like more obvious ways or been given more of a spotlight in how they steal you know steer culture and politics and policy and all of that stuff and I I don't know I don't know if the lyrics are inspired by that but it, they feel that way to me because they are so very sure that they are right and their belief system seems like they don't ask questions they just do what they're told and they are very hierarchical and they really believe in that mission and they feel a little missionary-ish to me because they like have their like they go out and they do things and it's all for the good of like the centralized unknown like culty kind I don't know they're the QAnon of Rutland I mean yeah kind of <laughs> that's what I'm kind of trying to get at like it's a little I walking think around with their red hat this is one of those moments where I think we should write this down and remember it for the next time that we see Robin Hobb in a con <laughs> And get to ask it's her like, a okay, question. We know you live in the Pacific Northwest in probably a liberal bubble. Are you afraid of Middle America? Are these, it's like, what are you writing about? Like, I don't know. They just have that quality. I mean, cults are scary, right? Like, you ever, I, I went into this rabbit hole last summer where I watched a million documentaries about cults. 
from all over the world and they were all strange and weird and you just kind of wonder how do people let themselves be controlled and used in these ways it feels like that but they control everything like this isn't like an isolated cult with no power like these are people who run the fucking world you realize that Buckheath is the boonies <laughs> It only occurred to me today, so it haven't really germinated the thought process. But yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, I, sh pointing to things that are different as being, you know, they're against whatever you're you're. Well, it's insular. Yeah. It's in group. You can't like, you can't become part of their their hierarchy at all you have to be born into it bred into it like they don't want you, you if you're not one of them you're a tool it's just they're so scary that way and i don't know it makes it makes it makes like buck duchy and charles said and like it makes them seem like these very liberal areas when we know they're not like we've read stories and we know they're not oh, it's just crazy Sizzle. yeah yeah it's like oh people here are allowed to be different i mean they murder and quarter people and like you know they're racist and sexist and all this shit but hey at least they're not enslaving children to be profit machines and like it's just insanity Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because they they do allow like like the military is full of women, but it's also like homosexuality is definitely frowned upon in most circles and there's the whole everything with the wit and then you're it's you're still like being told that hey, this is the society that's you know, this is the good one. This is the one that doesn't have slavery. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's different, but not that different from what we have. And Right. And Clara's is just so alien to all of yeah. that. Because it is all, like, predestination. Like, they're all... It's like a monoculture. Predestination capitalism. Yeah. Totally. Bizarre. They're using big data to steer the world. <laughs> <laughs> they are Facebook. It's Google. <laughs> or They're Meta. Google. They are Meta. Oh, God. Meta. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to get our podcast turned <laughs> off. <laughs> and it'll be worth it. Uh... Oh, no. They're knocking on my <laughs> door like... right now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> true this power. True this power. <laughs> They, I think what's really interesting, too, is, like, they're at least, like, I think Game of Thrones belongs in this kind of, in this section, too. It's, like, the new American fantasy that came out in the last 20 years versus, like, traditional American fantasy, which I'm thinking of, like, Wheel of Time and that kind of stuff. Like, 
we are in a period of flux and it's not through war right like we're they're not at war but they're care but through trade and and a lot of other things the culture of our main map area right the six duchies has changed a lot from just in the few books that we've read right Mm -hmm. this one lifetime of this person and i think that's interesting that we're seeing all these influences and not only are their borders changing, but their belief systems are changing. And it, it's not through huge cataclysm or like in wheel of time, things change, but there's a gigantic war. Like the whole world is at war and it kind of like game of Thrones is sort of like both of those things where you'll have like, it's like the decline of an empire. So like a war has happened and they're kind of still dealing with those, with those changes in their culture and like introducing new populations of people and I, I like that i like how it's it's almost science fiction in that way where you take a bunch of different things and start to speculate about how they will combine in a pot to to change things and it's not it's 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 not easy right like even fitz is like oh i don't like change <laughs> even though he's benefited from many of those changes in his lifetime but he wants the kids to write with spit on rocks right it's like it's you can exist now without being murdered for being able to talk to a wolf in your mind. <laughs> but technology, no. It's kind of crazy also that it's not, it's like a, a form of stabilization of the world politics, but it's not really, it's like gotten even crazier, but it's like the fact that Chalcid has been brought low by the dragons mm-hmm. And everything is crazier, but it's like, like war. I mean, dragons are definitely chaos machines. You can see why why they wouldn't, why Clara's wouldn't want them because they are impossible to predict. They, but know. like in a political spectrum, like everybody's more on a level playing field now. Like right. Jamalia yeah. was more powerful, Chalcid was more powerful, and now they're kind of like on the same level as everyone else. Right, yeah. So, because they can all be eaten by dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all equally tasty people of the world. I don't know. I would like to see them like eat a lurk and be like, ugh, prophecy's gross. <laughs> prophecy tastes bad. <laughs> oh, prophecy is just... like cilantro. Some of them hate it, some of them don't. <laughs> 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 they could smell it from like miles off. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's all I got. I hate Lorix. I can't wait to read two whole books full of them. Oh, they suck so bad. They suck so hard. I haven't gotten them yet, but I'm not ready. They're just so shitty and judgy and full of it and blah, blah. Hanging out with like, they're just all energy vampire type people where they're just like, don't like them. I I just got to the point where um, the lyrics all went through the skill pillar to escape six duchies and Fitz and company and all of the skill coteries. The skill coteries go through the pillar to look for them and they're all like, oh, we can't we can't tell what's going on. It's like all of our skill is like messed up here. We don't know what's going. It's like, how is this any different than when Withywoods was attacked? 
how do you not immediately when you see that they all went through the skill pillar like oh we can't use our skill like i'm interested to see what ashley and joey think in that moment i it's gonna be like i don't know like february probably before we're there but (laughs) i i just i want to see what like a real thinking human thinks in that moment because i don't remember what i thought anymore and it's obvious that my like my past experiences are probably like affecting my thoughts here but it's like Mm -hmm. to me right now reading this it's I'm not to the point yet where it's revealed whether they made it through or not. I I know they made it through, but like like I I assume my memory is faulty. I don't remember in my brain that they were like Vindelier was confusing them, but like that's it seems obvious to me right now. Vindelier is confusing them. They pop through and they can't use their skill. That's what happened, but yeah, I don't. I it just seems it seems crazy to me that like two skill coteries, the skill master, Fitz, everybody involved, like Shade. Uh, I mean Shade. But you think that they would have trained to fight other people with the skill? Like Fitz figured this out in the first trilogy. Sometimes you have to fight people who also have the right, same powers right. as you, and how do you do that? And they forgot to train. For right. That. It's like every everybody's like, yeah, we're the only people with the skill. Uh, that's the way it is. And it's like, yeah, they mm-hmm. it's like they very they take it for granted that it's like a farseer magic. And it's like, OK, well, look at everyone in your coterie. They're not all farseers. That's bullshit. <laughs> it, the only possible explanation is everyone got lost in the skill pillar and they died. Like it's like it doesn't it. Yeah, it seems a little bit like they forgot what just happened a few chapters ago with Ewood. Well, also in Buckkeep, at least lately, I don't know what it was like, you know, before Shrewd and company killed off all the skill skill coteries. Pits. They're all generalists. They're all generalists, really. Yeah. Like and if they're and if they're not, they're a soloist. But they're still generalist solo workers. And Claire is, they're not generalists. They have, like, one thing that they're really, really good at. And they train the shit out of that. Yeah. It's just like a whole, it's like a completely different approach. And they don't, it doesn't even occur to, I don't know. It's, well, we'll get there. But they are a frustrating enemy, for sure. I totally forgot about, uh... Dwelia's gloves with the fool's fingertips on them. Oh god. That is fucking oh, disturbing. I forgot about that. God, so fucking gross. Uh There is nothing there is nothing redeeming about 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 them. I hate them all. I think they are abominations. <laughs> and they need to go. They like, are you know, the, the others. Well the, when the fool's like, no, we gotta kill them all. You, you, when I say we have to kill them all, I mean all of them. I mean, we have to go there and kill them all. If it's like, well, some of them will survive. And he's like, no. <laughs> That's not what I asked. That's not what I need. When, I'm like, I'm with the fool on this. When they were talking about like their like journey by boat kind of started in the Pirate Isles, I was like, the abominations. 
are they are they with the abominations? Do they talk to the abominations? Do they know anything about the abominations? Like, mm. like, because it seems so up their alley. Well, yeah, we think like about it, totally it. Them like you know, keeping their little prophecy. It's the same thing. Machines. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's as, exactly like, keeping the same she thing. She remembers locked up in that cave and being like, "Look, we know the future." So are the abominations because they are dragons influenced too much by humans? Is it humans or white prophets? Whites, because they're the ones doing that shit. I think it's just people in going to their base instinct of personal profit over everything else. Well, if you also think about the fact, I don't know, I'm just thinking about this is interesting, is that they were keeping she who remembers locked up, which prevented the serpents from getting to do anything so that was preventing dragons from happening which is so if they have prophecies about that on clara's they were like that's good we can let that go that's what we want to happen i mean i guess that all goes back to the fool the fool is the one who changed things enough in all those different avenues where she remembers escapes because of wintrow Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I don't know. I'm I hate them, and I'm with the fool. Kill them all, Fitz. Rock and roll. <laughs> Berserker mode. Purpose. Berserker mode. Load up. Roll out. Let's do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm tired. Let's be done. <laughs> for talking to me. Any old time. Bye. Uh, all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.